1: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
2: Hello and welcome to Banging Book Club. What month is it, guys? It's August. August, August. the month of summer and sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Hannah Witten. I'm Lucy Moon. And I am Lisa Norms. Lisa. <laughs> Wow. We're all changing names in this Wow. Her name's goodness. Lena. I'm also sleep deprived. Yeah. So, um, We're all
3: sleep deprived or jet lagged in some way. This
2: month, we have been reading Trumpet by Jackie Kay, uh, which was one of my choices. I read it at university and I loved it. And you know when you love something and you're scared that your friends are gonna hate it mm. because you love it and you're also scared that when you return to it, it's actually gonna be shit. That didn't happen. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, can I have a noise reaction to this book from everybody? <gasps> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I like there we go. One. Can we do so, that more um, often? I like the noise. Yeah, well. so for people who are time poor, that was your podcast. <laughs> uh, there you go. Go read it. It's great. This is a book that covers the life of a fictional character called Joss Moody. Uh, and the book opens on his death. Uh, And it opens uh, with the revelation that, in fact, although he was a famous trumpet player uh, known throughout the world, was married, uh, had an adopted child called Coleman. uh, Turns out, wasn't actually a man in the strictest sense of the word. Um, Had boobies and a vagina. Had boobies and a vagina. And he's been um, living and breathing and being a man in all respects of the words. And um, how do I express this without being? He was a man. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a trans, man. surely. We well, no because he didn't transition. No, but that doesn't no, mean, it you're, doesn't not mean trans. you're not trans. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyone really who I already. Already, <laughs> already already. But also um, like it depends what you mean as transitioning, like
4: him presenting as male is of changing a name is also
2: that's a, transition. a
4: transition. You don't have to have surgery to be trans.
2: But then he's not transitioning, he's statically a man because he But at one he point he man man did change he from that.
4: Josephine to
2: Joss. And so stopped wearing dresses and started wearing suits. So is it, you know, at what point? Anyway, he accepts the in some way it, that he was a man internally. What is very interesting is that he never self defines in the book. He's, he just is a man. Yeah, exactly. He never says mm. he never identifies with the term transvestite, which is the one they use most often. They actually never use the word transsexual. Well, in the they book. try and like um, it is turn him into a perversion. Early nineties. What is interesting about the book is, is that it is absent of our current glossary of terms was that yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very it's like it I think if this book was set in two thousand and sixteen the words would be different, the terminology would be different and the reaction would be very different. Yeah. Yeah, Is that fair to say? Um so there's no mention of the LGBT community explicitly there's no mention of transsexual rights or transsexual politics. Yeah. It's very character driven and about Joss how he identifies and how other people um, deal with the revelation that he is not to them how he seems. And to clarify, this was published in 1998, Yes. I oh, was it? So okay. um, it was published...
3: Mm. At the time at which Joss, uh, like, dies. In so it was set colors. in the current present, like, when it was yeah. published. Okay, yeah, And so that cool. will probably inform a lot of the language that isn't used.
4: I think we should also say that um, this podcast is going to be full of spoilers, by the way. Yes.
3: Which are also spoilers for me, as yeah. I have not yet finished the book. <laughs> you, you can judge shame. Me. Shame. 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 Next month on it.
2: Although I have just read a book about shame and how it's bad for you, so I'm not going to shame you. I'm going to shame you. I wanted to guide this chat, but I didn't want to um, split it into topics, although there are lots of different topics in the book, mm-hmm. because I think they all feed into one another. So I'm just going to bring up the three big topics that I think this book is on. One is obviously gender and how we perceive it, Uh huh. Um, the second is race, uh-huh. and then the third is privacy, and I think the biggest yeah. theme in this book is privacy, and actually if somebody was like, what's that book about, I'd be like, that book is about privacy.
3: It sets the tone for the privacy, but it's not yet kind of discussed in the first chapter when Millie is is saying, I needed to escape, I've gone up to Tor? Maybe
1: yeah. Tor, yeah. yeah I've gone up
3: to Scotland, I'm... I'm in a place where no one even knows really who Joss is other than as my husband.
4: Yeah. And she just fully
3: like has
4: to run away because there's reporters everywhere. Yeah, the other thing we should mention is that Joss was a famous trumpet player. Mm -hmm. So like when um, it was basically leaked to the press that he had a vagina. Yeah. And so um, his like ex not 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 ex-wife his widow Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Millie um, was being like bombarded by reporters and press and just people prying and asking questions yeah. and she basically ra- runs away from it to Scotland. Definitely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is the place where we all run from things. <laughs> um, possibly I will run there from Brexit. Um, <laughs> you just got your Irish passport. Oh yeah. Ooh, congrats to me. Yeah. Kiss me I'm Irish. <laughs> Fuck you guys. See you later. Um, I'm now taking applications for husbands. Uh, anybody who would like to escape well, Brexit uh, with me. Well
4: Ireland have equal marriage so. I
2: really would like a boy. <laughs> <personally>. <laughs> if it's up to me and I get consent over who I marry would prefer boy um although intelligent women are welcome to apply anyway <laughs> um interestingly as well that i think we should inform this discussion is that jackie kaye uh is a poet she this is the only novel oh, that she's written she? to date that shows she's a poet yeah um, she's written that. this is the only book she's written um and this is based off the life of well it's inspired by the life of a um famous uh musician jazz musician called billy tipton uh, mm-hmm. Who was born in 1914 and died in 1989. Similarly, he um, most people believed him to be a man in every respect, and he wasn't in every respect. Oh, how do I say this properly? Help just say me. it. Just say it. Don't like. There's going to be no judgment here. Just say it. How do I say it though? That's like he was a, he man, was a man, and man, when he, he when he died, everyone found out that he had a vagina. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like. How do I say this without? Let's just use body parts. Okay. Uh, he lived as a man, um, played jazz music, which implied in this Wikipedia article, which isn't always the best thing to get off, but implied in this Wikipedia article, um, part of the reason that he did that was so that he could play jazz freely, Mm um, only two people in his life knew that he was a woman until he died, and similarly, in the same way as Joss, refused to see a doctor when he was ill, and died because he didn't want to see a doctor, and that's how his son found out that he was... Oh, which is like,
4: female parts. we know that it was... Joss's son, Coleman, that was the one that leaked it to the press. Do we? I was going to ask.
2: Mm. Yeah. This
4: yeah. is going to be lots of revelations.
2: We know that that's. We know that's why. And it
4: was kind of out of anger. Yeah.
2: That's um, such but a shame. again, there was no physical transition. Um. Uh. He bound his breasts and wore war padding in his pants. Which yeah. Was what what Joss does Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. That it thought... is actually from a personal perspective and also motivated, well, implicitly motivated by wanting to play music um, without the stigma of being a woman. Which, which is definitely really what a lot of the press think is
4: the reason for it, mm. how they try and explain it. Yeah, they try and explain it being like, oh, well, she probably mm. just wanted to play the trumpet. Yeah, because... the And also... There's a lot of talk about how when Joss was alive, he would talk about how there aren't enough female trumpet players. Yeah.
2: So interestingly, oh, interesting. yeah. so yeah. you might have read this bit. So Coleman brings Coleman is his son. Coleman um, brings back a girl. He starts to teach the girl how to play the trumpet, and yeah. Coleman gets jealous because he feels like his dad is trying to flirt with his girlfriend, and he gets all like, mm. yeah. But his dad's giving her a lecture on how most women. Don't get to do that. actually I think I've like highlighted this bit. Hold on. He said, seriously, she had real talent and could become one of Britain's bet- be- best women trumpet players. He was on about this. Trumpet players were mostly men in a time when women were like like herself gave the guys a fright, a nice wee fright. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he gives her a lecture on how, how her gender will affect how she interacts with music, um, which That's is really interesting. interesting. I want to talk about... The bit in
4: the story where um Molly, no, Millie, is um like one of her flashbacks of how her and Joss met and mm. how she found out that he had a vagina. Um because mm. she's the only person that knows. Yeah. Yeah. In the story, like the only living person that knows is his wife. Mm. Um and the thing that I loved about that is how like little detail there was. Yes. Yeah. Because it kinda goes back to the privacy thing of like and it even happens now, like if someone comes out as trans, like we're quite a prying mm, like mm, people, especially mm. online, people wanna know, like, oh well, do you still have a dick? Or yeah, like, have you or like fully
3: transition? Yeah, like, like
4: have you are you getting surgery? Like how do you have sex? And like they mm. wanna know the details. Do you have a partner? What do they think? Yeah, like all of these like tiny things. They wanna know the logistics and like how it works and stuff. And so I feel like this book for me was like a constant struggle of me as the reader kind of like trying to manage my own curiosity yeah. about Joss. You're saying exactly what I was going to say. And so it's yeah. like, you're reading the bit with Millie talking about when he first tells her by undressing in front of her. Mm. Um, and I'm reading this being like, oh yes, juicy, 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 <laughs> all, all of the details. Always on mm. the sex mm. ed parole. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, Patrol. and she doesn't really talk about it she doesn't explain how she like she even says that she doesn't remember what she said after she found out because it was such a non-event for her yeah like it was just like which is oh, very interesting mm. but here's was, the like, man I loved in front of me undressing looks a bit different
2: whatever she says she says she can't remember whether she <clears throat> cried she thinks she got angry but in re- retrospectively in the context of their whole lives, she doesn't really remember it yeah it's yeah. like and un- was, entirely like, unsignificant
4: and like and Joss's anatomy seems completely yeah. insignificant to their whole marriage and their love life and their sex life.
2: But what is amazing is that I finished the book feeling that there was loads of sex in this book. Oh, I yeah. just didn't get to see it. But yeah, I knew yeah, it was happening yeah. and I felt hot about it. I was like, oh, this is so good. But I didn't see it. And that well, there was where one bit where, where she, she takes
3: him up to the house for the first time mm. and and she's like, and then we, like, had loads of sex all across the walls or something. Yeah. Not across the walls. They're not And like they talk Spider-Man. about, like, melting
2: into each other. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and then we go down into our special place. Or we, like, go underwater. They do, like, loads of water yeah. references. There's
4: one bit where she says, he pushed inside of me. And I was like, wait is he using a strap-on, like, his yeah, fingers? Yeah, then you remember like, that what? it doesn't actually yeah. matter. And then I was like, wait, no, Hannah, stop asking those questions. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. none so, like, of
2: your business. What's so clever about the book is it's constantly policing how nosy we are about it. Mm-hmm. And this is my favourite bit that's, that's kind of like that. The, um, the, the chapter's called uh, Interview Exclusive. And the first line um, is from Coleman. And he says, um, if I stop talking, you won't have a book. Mm. And he's talking Ooh. to the reporter, but he's actually also talking to the reader. And you're halfway through the book at this point. And you know that if he stops talking about it and telling you, you don't have a book anymore. And you know that you want the rest of the book to happen. Yeah. But it's also I never exclusive. I never thought of it but that way. So is it talking him talking to the reporter and the reader, but it feels like because it's the first line of a chapter, it feels like direct address, and he could be talking uh, to you.
4: One of the things that I found really interesting, um, we can go back to the other stuff, but mm. now that you've mentioned like the narration, yeah, is that you get chapters from different characters' perspectives. Yeah. So it's starts with Millie and it comes back to Millie quite a lot and then Coleman has some of his own chapters and then there's like um the undertaker yeah the doctor the undertaker the, regist- the registrar the registrar like all of these people that were involved at some point of the process of Joss Moody's death mm. um or like all the different people that somehow found out that like he was female or whatever mm. and um one and then you also get um perspective uh, you also get pov chapters From Sophie Stones, yes, the reporter, and there's this really interesting switch. I don't know if you noticed it happening. So Millie's chapters are all in the first person. It's I, me, all of this. Coleman's chapters are in the first person. The doctor and all of those people is third person. Mm. Sophie Stones is third person, and then at one point, like two thirds the way in the book, Coleman and Sophie swap. Sophie becomes first person, and Coleman becomes third person. Did you, oh, that's weird. Did you, I like, didn't notice
2: that, that Coleman became third person. Coleman
4: becomes third person, and I think it's when he starts to become an absolute dick. Like, yeah, it, it's like that distance. Not when he mm. becomes a dick; he was kind of a dick from the beginning. But like, yeah, he's a dick from the he, beginning. Like, he just gets worse. Yeah, does he
2: get worse? Yeah, kind of. Does it get worse before you get better? Yeah, it does get better. Okay. Am I allowed to spoil that much for you?
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm We're going to have to spoil it for the listeners. Yeah, you guys have read
2: it right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Um, But
4: I found that really interesting because I was like, ooh, what is Jackie Kay trying to do here in terms of, like, how much we, like, empathise with these characters if it's Mm. in the first person or third person and then, like, reversing it. And Mm. also how much... I assume, because it's still,
3: uh, I assume, as you hear more of Common, you hear him talking to a reporter, you hear him getting worse, as you said, yeah. like, more angry, more mm. frustrated. Mm. So it's him on a mental decline, it's like the a more health like, decline. It's more, it's him so talking about his yourself. dad,
4: yeah. yeah. It's him talking about his dad, and the more he talks about his dad, the more he remembers stuff, and then he, knowing that his dad wasn't who he thought he was, um, he's now thinking that all of these memories that he has are complete lies.
3: Yeah, so there's a definite sense, if it's going into the third person, of, like, um, yeah, like a mental health decline and a... a um, yeah, which, you know which, which I mean, confuses me existence. as to why Sophie Stones goes into the first person. Maybe because she mm. becomes more personal? Nah, yeah, like she's, she's horrific.
2: She's awful oh, throughout really? the whole thing. She is Rita Skeeter. She is Rita oh, Skeeter. God. She is a young Rita Skeeter learning her craft.
4: Oh. <laughs> and soon she'll get a,
2: no, a quick quick quotes quill... And she'll oh. be all over that shit. Yeah. Oh um, dear. I don't look forward to that. Make me I, angry. My favourite point of view was the, uh, registr- the death registrar. Yeah. He has an obsession I, with handwriting, yes. he finds it beautiful. And he has, you see, a lot of these professionals struggle with it, want to honour. Joss. they feel like there's this almost like reverence towards mm-hmm. him and even though they didn't know him or they hadn't heard of him as a famous person but they also want to honor their profession yeah. yeah so they have this, there's this like tension yeah. between fact and honor and which also, they struggle with because they're like well technically i've got to put f on the form but i want to put m because and that's yeah. so clever about the kind of but
4: the registrar kind of like compromises mm. by sticking with putting female on the deaths Stiff certificate, but then writing Joss's real name, so like yeah, writing mm. Joss Moody.
2: Yeah, and even though, of, even yeah. though he
4: never like officially or legally changed his name. And mm. how much of that do we reckon is in is informed by
3: his experience with Millie? Oh, for sure. I think, he, like, I think he. I think he likes great. Yeah, yeah he really
2: likes <laughs> Millie. And, yeah, and I think also he has this obsession with words and the importance of record. and yes. he knows that he he's he seems so obsessed with knowing how powerful a word is. And how powerful it is for to have it written down so he kind of really understands the implications for your yeah. wife. He's not somebody that would go, oh, it's just the form, mate. <laughs> yeah. Get over it. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful part of it. Same. I
3: thought it was also really well written in the sense of it being impersonal yet personal. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Real striking of a balance between a professional, uh, I don't know, a professional viewpoint and a personal viewpoint.
2: Yeah, Definitely. I... Should we talk about race? We've I was not literally just about race. to say that. Honey. Okay. Um, so a lot of the time... So Coleman is kind of postmodern in some ways because he like knows that he's playing this role of the famous guy's son. He also knows that publicly he has been adopted and he feels this affiliation with his race and with his dad. Mm-hmm. But then he knows that they're not actually related. And he talks a lot about how he's perceived, how people think that, he, that when he sits next to them people think he's going to take their bag. Um, and then there's the one part where he's like waiting outside, trying to find his grandmother and waiting outside the door. And he says, um, well, he doesn't actually say it, but it said, men that look like um, Coleman are always in the news. Some top asshole in the police said recently that black guys were more likely to be, to be muggers than white guys. Um, and then he's worried that because he's standing outside his grandmother's door and his grandmother's white, they're going to think that he's up to no good. Yeah. And there's lots of references to him, him being worried that he's being perceived as the angry black guy which is, like, Ooh. horrific. Um, but I think as well him kind of collaborating with the press in this way that's, like, him trying to get one up on other people, but then he feels nervous about the press. I think he's very into how he's perceived, and he knows that his race does play into that. Yeah. Would you agree? I don't know.
4: Yeah, and I, I, I feel think... feel like he's
2: very, like, worried about it.
4: I think so. But for me, the, the more, uh, like, important stuff about race in the book was about, like... The ancestral stuff because mm. like um, there's this obsession of like who Joss's parents were and like where his dad come from came from because Joss is mixed race. His Joss's mum is white and his dad's black. Mm. Oh really? Yeah, and um and so it's like a whole taboo thing because I, Elaine is his mum's name. Elaine. Mm. Um, when you when we visit her and we see her, um it was also a whole hoo-ha with her marrying a black man.
2: Yeah, so she has Uh, this picture of her husband in her house and everybody's like, who's the guy? And she's like, that's my husband. And everyone's like, oh. And
4: then obviously, like, Joss, who's mixed race, marries Millie, who's a white woman. Mm. And even a whole generation later, Millie's parents have an issue with that as well Mm. of her marrying a mixed race guy and coleman is mixed race Mm. too and so i i don't know and the the whole orphanage thing Mm. when they like went to get him from the orphanage it was like um oh they're a suitable family they found they found someone that was suitable for coleman because it was a a black family and coleman was black kind of thing Mm. like they Mm. wouldn't have been able like basically just saying like it would have been impossible to try and like um have him adopted by a white family there was definitely that undertone of um of racism in Scotland
3: being like a even during the beginning of the book of like yeah of, of yeah. the the adoption <laughs> issue uh, when <coughs> when
2: Millie's on the bus
3: and with with Coleman
2: it's but interesting. then to spoil you what I found really amazing and what made me think very differently about the whole book is that it closes with does it close the account it or closes it closes, it, it closes very it closes yeah. with a, a word from Jos Joss. Joss about his dad, yeah, and Joss narrating the story of his dad coming to Scotland, yeah, and what literally it was like for literally him. the end of the book yeah. is like, Ooh, God so. is so clever. It's really
4: interesting, Ooh, like, like, and it really that's just,
2: why I think that it pulls the it, it away from thing. being like this is a book about gender. It's like, like no, yeah. this is a book about difference and privacy. It's so clever. Yeah. Like, Coleman finds. Have you got
4: to the bit where Coleman's found a letter? From his dad saying to be opened when I die. Yes, but he hasn't read it. Yeah, so that literally happens it. right <laughs> yeah. at the end. Right Rude. at the end. He oh. reads the letter. And no you way. you think you're like, oh, letter time it's gonna be all about when I discovered that I was male. And yeah, like, you're like, sorry you. that you found out this way, yeah, but it's here's the whole story." Nothing about that. It's like, oh, you wanna know where my dad came from? This is uh, the story of yeah. how my dad came to Scotland.
3: I like it yeah, though. It's an alternative form <laughs> yeah. of closure. Yeah, I mean, and it's also a different. question
2: of origin and inheritance because mm-hmm. obviously that is not technically biologically Coleman's grandfather. But yeah. it is
3: also something that really bugs Coleman, isn't it? Yeah, not knowing his ancestors. He's he's like, oh, oh, all I ever aunt, wanted yeah. to know was my, like, you know, his ancestry. Why didn't, why didn't my dad care? Like, yeah. why didn't my yeah. dad care about his ancestry? It really bugs him that he never knows and, like, he has, like, arguments with him about it in his yeah.
4: youth. There's a really interesting point that Coleman makes about the similarities that Coleman has with his dad, with Joss, in that they both had their name changed at one point. Yes. Because he's, yeah, Coleman is adopted, and so he had a name at birth that his birth parents gave him, and then when he was adopted, um, Joss and Millie gave him a new name. And, and so, like, and then it's different because obviously then Joss changed his name, but he, like, chose his own name. Do we ever find out when Joss
3: starts identifying as a man... Or no. like, like publicly identifying as a man.
2: No, it's implied that it's in a suitcase that um, that's with the letter that Joss leaves, Coleman, and he says, "I know I'm dying. I was gonna burn this today, but actually, I'm leaving it to you mm. because it feels like burning it would be, burnt, like, killing myself. Okay. So I leave- So it's implied that Coleman will find out, or yeah. find, or at least have more pictures and more of a thing to find you out.
4: You see, um, some pictures of Joss. When he was a kid, um, as a girl, as a little girl, but then you oh, don't wow. like it's you're never told like at what age he started presenting as male.
3: Yeah, because Millie meets him when he's thirty and she's twenty, something, something like early that, that yeah, age. Yeah. So and he's clearly. I love how
4: much they love each other. I Can know. Can we go back to them. that? Can we just go back? God, to God, it's like, just such a great love story. There's, yeah. a, there's such a healthy, lovely relationship. It makes me. Relationship, and I come across
3: something, and I'm like, This makes me feel real romantic. And this was on those books where I was like, This makes me feel real romantic.
4: Guys, is this the first like banging book club book where we're like not even talking explicitly about sex but are just like guys it was so romantic it was so <laughs> guys, lovely
2: we're not talking about the mechanics they got married and they just love each other so much this can I show this This line at the end um, made <laughs> me like cry a little bit mm-hmm. um, he, this is Joss Joss's letter and he says when the p- pendulum of the old clock brings sorry I'll say that again when the pendulum sorry I'll say that <laughs> Um, so this is the letter that Joss leaves Coleman and he says, um, when the pendulum of the old clock's big hands moves forward, somebody always turns it back. Somebody who resents progress or is irritated by it or decides all change is false. And then it goes on to say, um, the new century arrives like a wild thing in the storm, turning up the shore with a wet face. I love that. Cause I was just like, it's like every time that the clocks move forward, someone will try and turn them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't. Like, you can't let them. Like, you have yeah. to be like, this is this is the way it's going. Anyway. It's true. I can't find that bit about, about names, though. Which Does Joss
3: reference in, in his letter that he thinks people will
2: find out upon his death? Nope. It's literally got... Well, his, he says, he says that he knows con- that, I guess, you kind of know now. Yeah. He, no, he that's says, kind of it. maybe you will understand, maybe you won't. I knew you'd come here, I knew you would come looking for stuff. I've left it all for you. But um, that's
4: it. And then the rest of it's about his dad. Yeah. Which was like... At first, I felt so unsatisfied. I was like, but I want to know! And then, when it was over I was just like, I'm glad I don't. I'm glad Mm. I got, not tricked. Tricked
2: is the wrong word. I'm glad I got put in my place with my curiosity. Yeah. Mm. Like, I feel... Because also, do you feel like a lot of the other books we've been reading have been so explicitly, like, how does this work? Yeah. Like, we have done lots of... Like, we've literally watched researchers go into, like, rooms and have sex with their partners in front of cameras and screens mm. with monitors attached to them. Mm. And, like, and this is been just so completely visceral. Completely the other yeah. way. This is completely, like you don't know what's going on in people's lives and maybe you shouldn't. (laughs)
3: It's just amazing how, yeah, you can weave such a debate about privacy so cleverly into a narrative.
4: I have an, um, I always have this kind of like tug of war with myself about how I feel about sex and privacy, which is that on the one hand I'm like, guys it's really important to be open and to communicate and like to break down taboos and to be open and talk about these things and normalize them and all of that kind mm. of stuff um but then i also have to recognize that not everyone likes talking about their sex lives and that's fine mm. um but like i don't know as someone who's like so the other side of the spectrum like i'll talk about my sex life with you guys constantly and i will give you details mm. whether you want them or not yeah um but that's good the like,
3: thing because
0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: Because you're a sexual role model, uh, like online. Yeah, I don't give you're them setting, the details though. <laughs> you're setting an example of of like, but, but people probably know that you're very open about sex because mm. of the way you talk about it online, even though it's not your personal sex life. You, you know, it's... Uh, it's setting a precedent. It's making people more comfortable. Like, it's kind of... God,
4: I'm really paranoid. Yeah, it is. It's, it's good. Is. It's good. kind of your calling, in a way. I feel like... Yeah, but I think in my personal life more so, it's more about... Um, I have to always constantly check myself when it comes to respecting other people's privacies. Because it's like, if they don't want to tell me something, I can't jump to the conclusion of, like, oh, it just means they're not liberated enough. You know, they could be perfectly liberated and like feel very comfortable and no shame or no um, like just negative feelings around sex and stuff like that. But they just keep it to themselves. Yeah. And that's fine. And like, so in my personal life, that's something that I always have to like Mm. check myself with when talking to other people. Yeah. Because I'm like, tell me, tell me. And then if they don't want to, I'm like, why aren't you comfortable enough to talk about this? Like you should be open Mm. and actually like, being open about things and yeah, cause being like, private about your sex life like aren't necessarily like the same thing. Because I,
2: I think this is especially with the way the reporter approaches Joss Moody. She approaches, how do you feel that you were lied to? Yeah, he was lying. Wow. Why well, did he no. keep this a secret? And I don't think Sophie Joss felt Stones. Like it was a well, secret. Sophie Stones uses. Uh, female pronouns, yeah.
4: Which, oh, god, that's which, dirty. which, I, as I was reading that's it, it was so just dirty. like her, and it was like grating
2: on me so much. But she, I think, in some ways, she was stupid, but she kind of thought that it was respectful. She was like, Hey, we know now we have to call her she. Oh, god, like that's how I felt that she was, which kind was kind like so yeah. horrible. Yeah,
3: like, she wasn't trying to be provocative, she was trying to be correct,
2: yeah. Mm, because she's like, like but oh, she was in the name there. of
3: reporting and journalism
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah that's it, no. really it did gets feel like that it did feel like that and I think as well especially if it's something you don't understand like she like in herself she wanted to understand she was like how did you have sex with your husband like tell me and like, this would have been is this whole like wanting to understand the mechanics of it but also I don't know because obviously like when Hannah tells me about sex I, I know I know that you do you know what I mean I, you're, you're, I'm also a woman that has sex and I know how that works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I also have a vagina, and I'm not, do you know what I mean? It's not as much of an alien experience for me. What, but when it's something that you haven't experienced before yourself, you want to know because you're like, how, what, how do you feel? What does, yeah. what and made, yeah. and and you know, it also, and you have all those questions, being but it's also, yeah, yeah but when, when you strip people down to those experiences, yeah. you, you stop like genuinely empathizing because
4: yeah. you're just curious. I think the issue of like sexuality comes into it like ever so slightly as well because at one point, um, Coleman was just like, um, he said that he would be a bit angry and confused, but ultimately it wouldn't be so bad if he found out his mum was a lesbian. Oh but yeah, finding I out this. his dad is a lesbian <laughs> was just one step too. He was months. just like, what? Well, but the thing is, is that like I wouldn't. I don't like. Obviously, it, it's entirely like whatever individual person chooses to label themselves as. Mm. But there's obviously, like we were saying, there's no, like, labels used in the book at all. But even so, I wouldn't say that Millie was gay. She worries that she'll be called that, though. She says, so like, she's, I can't remember. Um. But, like, to me, like, to her... Well, to Millie, Joss is a man. And to Millie, she's attracted to a man. Yeah. And she's always been attracted to men. You know? <clears throat> so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And Sorry, then Joss we don't know about Joss's sexual history whether he slept with men or women before Millie.
2: True. Yeah. I was about what? to say I wonder if he did. And then I was like maybe I should just not wonder. Yeah, <laughs> no. exactly. I mean I was just like maybe what do you guys think do you think he did have sex with people before? He's a fucking fictional character. Maybe it Why doesn't matter. Him? Yeah. Um Um, Did you find something? Yeah, Millie says I'm gonna cut this bit in earlier when you said the thing. Um, Mm. Millie says, um, "My life is a fiction now, an open book. I am trapped inside the pages of it. Anything is possible. My life is up for grabs. No doubt they will call me a lesbian." Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she feels like now that she's living in a narrative, and that people, you know, she's gonna have to play a a part in this. Yeah. And her part will be lesbian. I want to know to
3: inform my knowledge about the history of. Trans as a concept and as an experience. I, yes, because
2: I'm being bad about how it. Like I don't. I because need to learn. this book is full of grey areas,
3: which suggests that that like um, at least the public uh, understanding of trans people has been obviously
4: very very recent. But
3: that could just yeah. be me being ignorant.
4: I ultimately kind of think it's so weird. I think this book deals with someone who is what we would call trans, but takes out the whole element of trans what do you mean yeah because so it's not about it's not about trans
2: politics it's not about that no I don't know, and also I think we're now at the stage this is twenty years on where mm. we're getting to accept the physical state of being trans or understanding trans so when um uh, Caitlin Jenner was like on the front of that magazine I don't remember variety the was, I variety think. um everyone was like, is she really though? Has she done the whole thing? How thorough is it? Does she look like a woman? Well, she kind of quite passes, so we'll let her, and the physical attributes were so much part of us understanding that as a culture. And And we haven't even really moved on to, I mean we have, but it's slow.
3: The whole culture found it really hard to criticize Caitlin for being a dick (laughs) when she was, because of the trans stuff and how much she's progressed trans issues. She's, yeah. she's obviously a flawed human, but it's very interesting to see the media deal with the fact that she's also a Kardashian, ultimately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, she's also a Kardashian. That. How do yeah. you identify Kardashian? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, can we talk also about the fact that at the beginning, Joss hits his wife? Do you remember that? Yeah. He Does hits her.
4: I can't remember why. I remember reading that. It's not at the beginning, is it?
2: I thought, when is it?
4: I'm sure that well, I don't remember. Oh, it at is the it beginning. at the beginning of their love story, or yeah. is it when they're married?
2: It's the beginning of their love story. Wait, what, can you contact? Oh, is it when she's at?
4: She, he dumps her. He's leaving her because he doesn't want to tell her the truth. Yeah. And she's just like, "No, tell me, I love no, you." No, like, she tell is me. him.
3: Doesn't she? I think
4: there she is a bit mad. of. I can't remember. Uh, but, there was violence. I do remember there yeah, being I remember, violence.
2: I remember it being violent. But, but it basically, Josh Moody is not perfect either. No.
4: Mm. But and in, me, think, not, and
2: from his interactions with in Coleman. My... He's definitely not perfect. See, see, Coleman reads it as him having penis envy.
4: Of mm. Coleman,
2: whether that's true or not, you're only hear through Coleman, and I don't really trust Coleman that much. In my but head, a point Coleman is the there. ultimate unreliable narrator. But as soon as Coleman mm. hits puberty, things get a little bit. I got. He sounds
4: like the worst child. I w- yeah. want to just yeah reiterate that neither of us are trans. None of us are trans.
2: Yeah. Neither of us. But yeah, I was talking to Sana's and um, like Sana's boyfriend Jet and I was like he was like saying how it was really good like he really enjoyed the podcast and then he he was like he was like I was like but yeah but like we are three like you know thank you. Um we are like three white women talking about our experiences of being quite privileged and he's like, yeah, but you over reiterate that in every episode. <laughs> like you're so over paranoid about stating it. And if I'm, like, a white I'd straight it man way, thinks though. we're over
3: reiterating, yeah. we're probably doing it about right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried. Uh, Yeah. Oh my God. But it's important. It is really important for us to dwell on the fact that as we're we're realising that we're not using the correct terminology because it's still fresh to us. I mean, I didn't discuss Mm. trans issues or being transgender at all until maybe last year or the year before. Really? That makes it sound like I am trans. There was a girl Um, in my school
4: who I don't think at the time when I was a teenager I knew the language. All I knew was that like she was a girl, but she wasn't always a girl. Like, I didn't have, the, <laughs> no, no, we didn't have the language, like, I didn't that's know, but, but yeah. like, all I know was that like, but
2: we had she a was a boy, but she was a girl. Like But um, that's yeah. the kind of like level of language that the book uses. Yeah, it's yeah, like, knew. he was a man and he like, was a girl. We never, she, we, we never get a reference to him being a woman. But it was it makes like me he either was the girl. Oh yeah, because Josephine, Josephine was a girl. Like yeah, a young, yeah there's a girl. Like a girl or man. Not like yeah. and it feels like that that relates it to like a, a quite traditional, like like he up. went he went through he, puberty. Yeah, he, yeah. Was he was man. a man. He was a girl and he grew up and he was a man.
4: I'm not a man. Not no. what was it? I'm not a girl. Not yet a man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But
4: it's really interesting Brittany, that even get on this. Brittany, we need a is
3: it because of our is it because of our backgrounds? That we were never in diverse enough communities to be exposed to trans issues Definitely. and trans language trans language, you know what I'm trying but to say. But not necessarily like, because uh,
2: like aware. If language.
4: you're trans, it's not like a certain area of the country where like all trans people are born. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. not the same as race. Whereas it's like yeah, or with class. race yeah, with yeah, race and class, um, often like certain groups of people will live in the same
2: places. Community-based. Yeah,
4: so you can be Mm. like, this area is a black area. This area is a really upper-class area. This is a working class. Like, all of that kind of stuff. But when it comes to LGBT things, usually LGBT people are born in isolation. You're not born gay because your parents are gay and then you have an automatic gay community built for you. And you're also in a
3: position where you don't have to come out. Mm. As in, like it's not visible or like actively noticeable, so you're like mm. proper. You can properly be isolated.
2: Yeah. I wonder if next, if we do more, we should read. There's one that I read at uni. This is literally my first experience of even talking about being like transgender stuff. Was the book called Stone Butch Blues by Leslie Feinberg, who's like basically the like the no, most famous think. like trans writer, and it's just about her experience. Anyway. Maybe we should read that. Anyway, if anybody's more interested in this, you should read Stonebridge Blues. It's amazing. Although not very widely available because everybody's a bit transphobic and nobody wants to republish it. Oh. And it's like almost out of print. Anyway. Well, we'll not buy it back in. Um, But yeah, I remember that was my first experience about my second year of university and only because I happened to take a queer fiction course. And so you had to like, like opt that in. That was literally the only...
3: I'm curious. What made you want to take a queer fiction course? Because I, you were saying that a lot of university was kind of your first proper exposure. Yeah. To LGBT. Everything. Yeah, yeah, to everything. <laughs> I'll go with everything. Um, from a largely Christian household.
2: I guess I realised that I didn't know it, and I didn't even know what I didn't know. Yeah. Like it was the unknown unknown, mm. and I was like, I should probably know what I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. You, you're
3: a wise woman in the sense that you know you understand that education is the key to wisdom, in some respects,
2: and experience. If I did at nineteen, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've I just taken it. When I decided to take Asian and African history, I definitely
3: had this awareness that like what I was being taught was whitewashed. Even if I didn't have that language there, mm. I was just very aware that. Why, yeah, it's it's European. That there's something wrong. Yeah, I didn't even know that colonialism was bad, but I just knew that I should probably mm. learn more about
2: something that wasn't the West. Why this book is really good because I think also they don't market it as being like trans book of the century. Yeah, <laughs> it, doesn't have, like, a, it's not it like, doesn't have a like it's uh, not a that? rainbow cover, and on the yeah. back it's um, the the thing is when love when the love of your life dies, the problem is not that some parts of you dies too. It, what which it does but that some parts mm. of you are still alive. Oh, that hurt. Really? And that is, and it's oh. a, it's basically just, it, the back doesn't even say, it's just like, he has a secret.
3: Can we even, can we discuss the theme of loss? Especially yeah. at yeah. the yeah. beginning. Where, so he
2: died at the beginning of the yeah. book.
3: Yeah.
4: Let's talk
2: about really,
3: grief. Financial. I already missed him, even though I didn't yeah. know him at that point. And like reading about your the love of your life dying. God. I can now relate to so much more spectrum of human love emotion.
4: God. The, all of because because Millie's adult, chapters of her just like, wandering around tour on yeah. her own and like wandering Sleeping around their him. house and like oh my god it was painful poor woman
3: yeah exactly and just uh, like it's you're losing someone that's honestly yeah. like the love of your life. you rock.
4: And because Joss didn't die of like old age, like they were he was like seventy something and Millie's in her sixties. She could have another like two, three decades in her mm. alone. Oh that sounds horrible. Yeah. Like
2: no thank you. Let's never get close to anybody, (laughs) (laughs) ever. We should all live in isolation.
3: I, yeah, I just remember reading all all the grief stuff and being able to, like, not obviously not relate, but being able to empathise on such an intense level,
2: Mm -hmm. like,
3: sympathise on such an intense level, and that being really scary. I've never really read about grief properly.
2: I liked that when he died, she left the room. She was, like, she gave him permission to go, and then she purposely went to the loo. Remember? So yeah. I didn't read that book. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, she was with him the whole time, and she goes to the toilet, and he dies in the, the five minutes that she was in the toilet. Again, and privacy. She? Yeah. 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 Privacy to die. Yeah. Being like and I'll let you do that your thing.
3: thing. I'd I would not want privacy
4: on my deathbed.
3: I'd well different way of putting it. I'd want a loved one or two or three to or be there. Five as seven. I took my last breath.
4: Really, I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. I feel like I don't want to die alone. I feel like maybe it was a. I feel like the two of them just like knew each other so well that they could communicate without speaking words to each other. Um, And also, in my head, it was leave for days. Mm. Yeah, I feel like for me, it was more of a like. He died while she was gone because he didn't want her to see him die. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there seems to be an element
3: of that's what he
2: wanted. Like, she just went to the Mm. toilet and he was like, okay, I'm gonna die now. My favourite but also horrific bit was all of the bit with The Undertaker. Who was like, Ooh. dead bodies don't really die though, do they? Sometimes oh, yeah. they twitch in the night. Ah! He okay, was so I creepy. I did not read that. Under- oh
1: my god! The Undertaker was just talking, talking about really how like creepy. dead bodies are
2: still alive. The way well, he told. He was like, like sometimes was they really fart or they turn over in the night, you know. And then he talks about how just just Moody. Is that family. real? I don't know. I thought there was. I a, didn't I, Google it, believe it or not. I thought there was a really like. <laughs> Ah, there was just like a
4: beauty to the way that the Undertaker was talking about how um, a body just changes and becomes an entirely different person, and that's like what upsets the family. Yeah, what upsets the family, and um, it's what happens when, like, he has the body there, and he's like, "Oh, this is Joss Moody. I've got a dead male in my Mm. morgue, or whatever," and then he like starts to like remove the pyjamas mm. and then remove the bandages and suddenly when Joss is just like lying there naked um, he's just like oh how could I ever have thought that this face it was more about the face mm. it was like the face changed from a man to a woman and he's like looking at the face being like whoa how could I have thought that that was a male face like it's very clearly a female mm. face and how like Joss's whole body just
2: changed as soon as he was like exposed I don't know I also liked that they described the undertaker and the doctor described when they were taking off the bandages feeling like they were taking off skin, yeah. but that was before they knew what I know, they were gonna find. That. But they were both like, These don't feel like bandages, this feels like skin. Yeah. And also, the fact that his wife like put the bandages
4: on for him every day, yeah. And also, it was interesting that the wife said that she never touched Joss's breasts except when putting the bandages on, yeah, as if they weren't a part of his body at all.
3: Interesting, and also when the doctor undid the bandages and said it didn't look like breasts it was like pre-pubescent or like pubescent like, yeah they look like new because they've yeah. never seen anything yeah mm. never seen anything i've seen a lot like yeah this. um yeah. it's all very i wouldn't be able
4: to i wouldn't
3: be able to bind <laughs> no you'd be surprised like a lot of people who you can bind all different sizes and obviously really? you might have you might have some um i just uh what's the word like definition but like it would look like pecs yeah i'd have pecs <laughs> like bindings <laughs> tight from yeah. what I can gather, binding is really un- like a. Uh, but it's uncomfortable in a good way like from agreement. the sounds of things. It's uncomfortable in a way that's really satisfying and like rewarding.
4: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I've never spoken to anyone about the specifics of binding.
2: Yeah. Because some YouTube videos, I watched them once, but I wouldn't claim to know that much about it. Well. But I was just like, I should probably know about this.
4: It I should probably.
3: Well,
2: it depends on obviously the privacy. Mm. If someone would want to talk about it. Yes. Talk so. People the whole idea of us reading this book is obviously because, were we reading this book because we just want to read about sex? Were we reading because we don't understand enough about trans people and we wanted to include it? Is there something bad about going after reading books about being transgender when you're not? Is that nosy? Or is that learning? Questions I think we did it to be ah. diverse. Because yeah.
3: we're trying to represent, we're trying mm. to under, not not just understand, we don't want to be patronising, but we're trying to...
4: We wanted a like, range of voices and
2: yeah, stories. Yeah, exactly.
3: I don't want to read about about white women all the time, white straight women specifically. But do you know
2: what? I think part of me wanted to include this book because of the diversity, but I ended up feeling like this book was the one that was I identified with the most, and I was like, I feel the most. Affinity. Yeah. Like this is yeah. the one that I recognisably felt most familiar to yeah. me, even yeah. though it was the most different experience. And I, to feel, mine. Like, I yeah, feel like I feel like we chose
4: this book because um, to make our reading list more diverse. But this has been my favourite book that we've read so far and it's mm-hmm. not my favourite because it's diverse. It's my favourite because... Joke's on us. And it, but <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's my favourite because it's amazing. Like this book, I just like read through it so quick. I think the way I described it to you was like this book gobbled me up. Yeah. Like I was just like in it and mm-hmm. the way it was written was so beautiful and it's just like, it wasn't difficult. Sometimes I find like, more poetic language, like, difficult to follow and read. But Mm -hmm. this, I was just, like, swimming through it. I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And, like, just really like you're saying, like, just feeling it and, like, feeling Mm those characters. And, like, Um, even though not having a personal experience with the trans stuff or the race stuff, it was just like, this is a human story. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. this is what was interesting. When you
3: brought it up to us as a potential for the reading list, you gave it a personal recommendation. It wasn't like, Oh, this will tick some boxes. It was I read this amazing book in uni called Trumpet about trans stuff. Yeah. But also like, can we just put it on the list? Yeah, you're just like I want everyone to read it.
2: Yeah. So I don't remember saying that, but yeah. I remember because
4: that's that's what I've been looking forward to. Do you reckon this book is your litmus test book?
2: How do you mean?
4: Um a friend of mine, her mum, who is an English teacher, has this thing called a litmus test where you have like your one book that's like your favourite, not necessarily your favourite book, but like one that you really like and you judge other people based on
1: <laughs> whether,
4: whether they like, whether they
2: like the book or not. So like mm. you have your one book and it's like. Who I would, you, who, apart from. you decide to be friends with or date. <laughs> Problem though, never met somebody who didn't like this book. Okay. So, so... it's a horrible litmus test for me to have to be friends with everybody and date everybody. I would be super polyamorous but if that has was my litmus everyone test. Everyone read this book. No, but if you haven't if you've read this book and you didn't like it, please tell me why. Because I haven't met anybody. Everybody on my course like couldn't get enough of it. People yeah. read it twice in a week. Oh wow. I it's it's just I think it won some prizes it better off, otherwise I'll kick off.
3: Maiden Chelsea um, was
2: a bit my litmus test with Shay.
3: <laughs> no we're not gonna share that. Fine. <laughs> but just because I was like if it's I can so well sit boy, <laughs> if I can sit a boy down and he watches an episode and doesn't instantly slag it off. And he's like, I'll be patient with it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You're like there, you're It's probably it's the same right. with a lot of people who were really into Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah, like Hannah. Mm-hmm. You would probably mm-hmm. do a Harry Potter test. Harry Potter
4: is my litmus test.
3: If someone's patient with it, you're like, yeah, you're good. Mm.
4: Is there anything else you want to say about this book? I'm hungry. Okay,
3: um, let's do that. I'm really, really tired, and it's literally the first time it's let's hit do me, it me this we have to properly. film a video. I'm so
2: sorry. Oh, oh, we've got the video, haven't we? Yeah. Okay, quickly. Um okay, can I just read my favourite passage and then we'll end on that? Yeah. Go yeah, it. Okay. And then housekeeping Because not really I love housekeeping. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Hannah can do a little gendered housekeeping thing. Just, gendered she's housekeeping. She's great on that. <laughs> you just sweep up our lives. Um my father always told me he and I were related in the way that it mattered. He felt that the way too about the guys in his, his bands that they were all part of some big family. Some of them were white, some of them were black. He said they didn't belong anywhere but to each other. He said that you make your own bloodline, Coleman. Make it and trace it back. Design your own family tree. What's the matter with you? Haven't you got an imagination? Oh, yeah. Boom. I love that. Thanks Jackie Kay. You're great. Um now Hannah's going to go around with a feather of the duster and do some house cleaning. I mean some housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping.
4: Um thanks for listening. There is a non-spoiler review video on Lena's channel which you can go watch, but if you've made it to this part of the podcast then like hopefully you've read it. Um sorry about the spoilers. Next month we are reading Middlesex by Jeffrey you you Eugenides. That? Eugenides. I have no idea what to expect from this. I never heard of it until,
3: I guess I must have heard of it when well, we made the me. list. But yeah. this one's
2: me again, sorry guys.
3: This this afternoon. So yeah.
2: I don't know what to expect. I'm
3: me excited. Like
4: Is it another fiction?
3: It's fiction, Endless yeah. And it's by the guy who wrote The Virgin Suicides. hmm
4: correct. Please so be good. So if you want to join in the Banging Book Club chat next month, then get your hands on that and have a little read. Um... There's a Goodreads group and
2: there's a reading list that you can find. Thank you to all of the sexy, lovely people that listen from you on iTunes, including, woo, woo, woo. Um, sorry if I butcher your names, Talking Lion, Chitako, Chitako? Maybe. Grace Woodyard, Lewis Johnson, X underscore X, Flo! X <laughs> underscore X. Love it. Great name, Uh, James Allen with an X instead of an A. Uh, Stylish gnome, best one. (laughs) Love it. Uh, And then I think we're back. Sophie Sparkles. We already yeah, we did Sophie Sparkles. Sophie,
3: you've already been mentioned. And
2: Um, and and the last name on that list could be yours if you leave us a review on iTunes. Next time we'll shout them out.
4: Yay! Also, if you didn't see on Twitter or you weren't at Summer in the City, we launched bookmarks
1: i have made oh, yeah. banging book club bookmarks.
4: Where can marks. people buy them? They can buy them on my shop, my store, which we'll link in the description. I think it's Witten dot I think. But we'll put it in the description. If you wanna buy a banging book club bookmark that have uh, cartoon vaginas and aubergines on them that my sister designed. Who would cool. <laughs> I wouldn't keep my book open with anything else.
3: Yeah. Um I'm If just... you wanna if you wanna go and make a video response to Uh, discuss the book, there is a playlist on Hannah's channel. If you tweet us with the hashtag banging book club, Hannah will add it to the playlist. Yes,
2: I will. We're getting
3: good at this. (laughs) I know, I just remember the bits and I'm like, it's only taken us eight months.
2: (laughs) Well, well, we've been doing this so long. Oh yeah, thank you for everybody who came to our Summer in the City event.
3: Yeah, yeah, I would like to personally apologise if you brought anyone under the age of 15, 14.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think I was shouting something about clit and the whole family walked out, but I mean like it was a banging book club. But what was I supposed to do? It's the we,
3: thing that mm. most people have talked to me about.
2: Yeah. Since it's a like, oh, and weren't you on the main stage? Like playing the whisper challenge and talking about
3: clitorises. Yeah. And like,
4: that was us. So, thanks to everyone that came and saw us do Banging Book Club Live. For the person
2: who caught the aubergine that we threw into the audience. We're talking the whole island. Island. <laughs> The aubergine is an island. Please update us on the, of all the status a traveling aubergine. Of the aubergine. The
3: aubergine's been to Ireland before I have, and I'm
2: personally <laughs> a bit distraught. It's amazing. I would like um, it to be like Amelie and get posted to loads of different parts of the world, yeah. like the gnome, and then send us all polaroids. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Watch see you soon. Keep banging. Keep banging. Sorry, editing Lena for making this so long. Yay, we did <laughs> She's it. She's probably shit, but there her. we go. 56 oh, that's minutes. fine. Still under an hour. It's because there's so much sweat behind my knees that yeah. it feels like it's been longer.